Thank you for choosing Miniaturist of Baptist Church podcast. We hope you benefit from this message. If you'd like to learn more about Miniaturist of Baptist Church, please visit our website at miniaturistachurch.org. So we are studying the Holy Spirit. We were in the book of Mark for 58 weeks, and now we are doing a series. So there, there's, there's sprinters and there's marathoners. When, you, when we were in the book for 58 weeks uh, of Mark, we were, we were running a marathon. Uh, now we're going to be, and some people like to be marathon runners, and some people like to be sprinters. Now we're going to be sprinting with a, maybe a series of about six weeks or so through the topic of the Holy Spirit. This is our fourth message on the Holy Spirit. We began with asking this question, who is the Holy Spirit? And a very simple, brief answer is that the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Our lessons two and three were, what does the Holy Spirit do? And we know that from Scripture, the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin. The Holy Spirit draws people to a saving relationship with Jesus. That's what we call regeneration. And then after regeneration, the Holy Spirit indwells new believers. And then in that indwelling of new believers, the Holy Spirit empowers us to live like Jesus. And that's a big word called sanctification. But our topic here today is what else does the Holy Spirit do? And so if you have a bulletin, you can take a peek on the back side there, and you can take some notes if you so choose. If you take notes, you learn more. So I encourage you to do that, and you don't fall asleep quite so easily. All right. In 1970, 50 years ago, turn to your neighbor and tell them how old you were in 1970. All right. Uh, already some liars. 1970, 50 years ago, I was, I was uh, 12, and that's not a lie. Uh, in 1970, singer Stevie Wonder released a song entitled, Signed, Sealed, Delivered, I'm Yours. You remember that song? Here I am, baby, signed, sealed, delivered, I'm yours. Okay. Yeah, that was a very weak rendition of that song, but that's the song. Signed, sealed, delivered, I'm yours. We have been looking at the work of God the Holy Spirit these last few weeks, and as we continue this morning, this song could or should be an anthem providing or provided by the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to take a look at, as you can imagine, three points. And the first one is, we signed on the dotted line when we became Christ followers. When you invited Jesus into your heart, you basically signed your life away to Jesus on the dotted line. After the Holy Spirit convicted you of your sin, after the Holy Spirit drew you into a relationship with Jesus Christ where you sought forgiveness of that sin, and as you set your heart and mind on being a new creation, all of that we call regeneration. And uh, 
Those are those three points there. Regeneration, the idea of regeneration is being born again. Some people might ask you, when were you born again? Well, that was the process of regeneration. I was born again when I was eight years old at the first Christian church in Bell, California, when I invited Jesus into my heart. Regeneration is the mysterious work of God to bring us, you, into His family. And when He does that, the next word that we're going to look at is the word adoption. God, the Holy Spirit, allows us, after we are regenerated, to become members of God's family. And so if you have a Bible, you might want to turn to Romans chapter 8. And uh, Romans chapter 8, it says in verse 15, 16, and 17, it says, For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you receive the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. Galatians 4, we don't, won't, won't read that, but Galatians 4, 4 through 7, also talks about that same idea of adoption. John 1.12 says, But as many as received him, he gave them the right to become children of God. Between 18, uh, 1854, anybody around in 1854? All right, I don't think so. 1854 to 1929. 1854 to 1929, maybe you heard of this. Orphan trains would deliver orphans to be adopted by a lot of Midwest people. Over 250,000 children were adopted through the orphan train uh, concept. The orphans would get on the train, they'd drive around the states and uh, drop off the orphans in different towns and people would adopt them. I remember reading about this, but I couldn't find any documentation of it on the internet, so I'm not sure how true it is, but I remember reading a long time ago that an orphan train stopped in a city and a gentleman drove up in a car and uh, loaded two children in his car. And back then that was not, you know, there were not a lot of cars around. And that those two children in that car drove to a very, 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 very big home. And they found out later that the person that adopted them was Henry Ford. Now again, I heard that story, but I couldn't find any idea of backing that up. But the concept of being a little child, an orphan on an orphan train, and getting off the train and being loaded up into an automobile and driving to the home of Henry Ford probably would have been miraculous. Well, you want to know something that's even more miraculous as adopted children of God. God the Father adopts us into His family... And we become then heirs of his family, not to money, but to eternal life. And we're going to talk about that in a moment. The next word, when we signed 
On the dotted line, when we became Christ followers, we were regenerated, we were adopted, and then this word that you've heard probably a number of times now, this concept of sanctification. Sanctification, like we talked about last week, is the ongoing job of the Holy Spirit to make us more like Jesus. Sanctification is the ongoing job of the Holy Spirit that indwells us as new believers to make us more like Jesus. As part of our signing on the dotted line, we have God the Holy Spirit indwelling us, challenging us, and then here's important, giving us the ability to put away the works of the flesh and put on new garments of righteousness. And I'm going to give you some verses here. Uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 19 through 23. And this is what it says. I put this in human terms because you are weak in your natural selves. Just as you used to offer the parts of your body in slavery to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer them in slavery to righteousness leading to holiness. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? The things, those things result in death. But now that you have become or been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness. And the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the concept is, is that we are continuing to work over and over and over and over and over the desire in our hearts to become more like Jesus. That's sanctification and that's the work of the Holy Spirit in our heart and life. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18 says this, And we who with unveiled faces all reflect, reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit helps in this idea of sanctification. But our next point, we are signed on the dot, we signed on the dotted line when we became Christ followers. Our next point is we are sealed then by the Holy Spirit as a guarantee of our inheritance. Now, that guarantee of our inheritance is not complete until, well, here's some bad news, or good news, I guess, until you die, all right? The concept of the Holy Spirit guaranteeing our inheritance is not ultimately achieved until we die. The Holy Spirit guarantees our inheritance given to us at our adoption and this work of the sealing of the Holy Spirit is a doctrine that we call perseverance of the saints, or we might call eternal security of the saints, or you may have heard it this way, once saved, always saved. Now, there's a lot of different ideas of this doctrine, but the concept is this doctrine implies 
that all those truly indwelt by the Holy Spirit or born again will be kept by the power of God until we receive our inheritance promised us at our adoption. Now, that was a, that was a mouthful, but, so I'll read it again. This doctrine of perseverance of the saints or eternal security of the saints or the concept once saved, always saved, this doctrine implies that all those truly indwelt by the Holy Spirit or being born again will be kept by the power of God until we receive our inheritance promised us at our adoption. A few Bible verses to support this doctrine. Ephesians 1.13. Ephesians 1.13. It says, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of His glory. And then also Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption... And then one that you're probably familiar with, John chapter 10, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John chapter 10 and verse 27 uh, through 29, my sheep listen to my voice, I know them and they follow me, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. So the Holy Spirit, then another job, we're talking about what else does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit convicts, the Holy Spirit draws us to a saving relationship. The Holy Spirit indwells us, the Holy Spirit empowers us. And then the Holy Spirit adopts us, and the Holy Spirit guarantees our inheritance. So the questions I, question I sometimes hear, and maybe you've even thought about it, can I lose my salvation? Can I lose my salvation? Now, the answer to that question, I believe Scripture teaches, is no. But right after that, you've got to throw in the word if. So the answer would be no. But... The concept is, no, if I preserve till the end. What does that mean? What does it mean, if I preserve till the end? Well, here's the deal. The guarantee, the guarantee is only good if you own the product. The guarantee is only good if you own the product. So, I don't know if you get these things, but first of all, true confession when you get a product, who fills out the guarantee form that's in there? Seriously, nobody does? I figured, I figured a few people would. Marilyn, good job, Marilyn. All right, Marilyn. Marilyn, most people don't fill out that form. Therefore, guess what? The guarantee probably will not work. 
So when you buy a product, you, you're really supposed to fill out the guarantee, but you know what? It's, 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 it's busy work, and nobody really wants to do it, so they throw that away with the instructions on how to put the product together. Especially guys do that. But this concept here of eternal security, the guarantee, is only good if you own the product. When we uh, went through the book of Hebrews a few years ago, oh, I'm sure you remember this because, uh, because you know, you, you remember every time I preached through the Word, you remembered uh, Hebrews chapter 3 verse 14 says this, We have come to share in Christ if we hold firmly till the end the confidence we had at first. My eternal life is predicated on my obedience. My eternal life is predicated on my obedience. And Matthew chapter 7 talks about good fruit. Good fruit is a result of my security, of my belief. My eternal life is predicated on my obedience. 1 John 5.13 says, I have written these things so that you may know... Not that you may hope or that you may wish or that you, you know, if you're good, but that you may know that you have eternal life. If you possess the product of Jesus the Savior, shown by your love and obedience, you have the guarantee of your inheritance because the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Now I told you that I, I do things with my notes here. See, I got, I got, I got yellow... I got orange, and I got pink. All right? The pink is really important. And so I got this sentence underlined. If you possess the product of Jesus the Savior, shown by your love and obedience, you have the guarantee of your inheritance because the Holy Spirit is that guarantee and the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. So you might ask yourself, what then gives me assurance of my regeneration, my adoption, my sanctification. Well, here's assurance comments. Have you invited Jesus into your life to be your Lord and Savior? If you have, then you have the guarantee. Is there evidence of being born again in your life shown by your obedience over the long haul? Remember we talked about marathons and sprints? The Christian life is not a sprint. The Christian life is a marathon. It begins the moment that you invite Jesus into your heart and ends the moment that you breathe your last breath. When I was in junior high, I uh, was a part of a church, and I still remember this. There was a poster in my junior high room, and it said this, If you were arrested for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you. If you were arrested for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Signed on the dotted line when we became Christians, sealed by the Holy Spirit as a guarantee of our inheritance, and our last point, we are delivered, signed, sealed, delivered, to glory as the final step of redemption. And here's the deal. You don't get delivered to the final step until what? 
you die. Sorry to say that. You don't uh, get delivered to the final step of redemption until you die. But guess what? Everybody dies. Let's see if you can finish this song. Or maybe it's a poem. You might be a king or a street sweeper, but sooner or later you will meet the... You know what? That's even better than what it says here. I like that better. Well, here's what it says, but I'm going to change it because I think what Mary says is even better. You might be a king or a street sweeper, but sooner or later you will meet the reaper. All right, that's that's what it that's what that's what the song says. But I like Mary's a little bit better. You might be a king or a street a street sweeper, but sooner or later you will make, meet the maker. Not sure if it completely understand uh, rhymes, but I I like it. I like it. We're going to talk about death, and that's something we often don't really want to talk about. But thankfully for the Christian, death is not the end of the story. We all know that. When we die, our earthly bodily life is over. But according to 1 Corinthians 15.22, which says, For as in Adam all die, Adam was first man, Eve was first woman, in Adam all die. Why do we die? Well, it's a result of sin. God said to Adam, After he ate what he wasn't supposed to, you will die. Death is the result of sin. So 1 Corinthians 15.22 says, For as in Adam all die, result of sin, but in Christ all will be made alive. So for the Christian, our aliveness after death was guaranteed by the Holy Spirit living inside of us. I think you're aware of this, but Scripture does not teach about purgatory. Uh, Scripture does not teach soul sleep. When we take our last breath, our physical body dies, but our spirit immediately and miraculously is transported to God's presence. 2 Corinthians 5.8 says, Absent from the body means presence with the Lord. And here's something that uh, I have in yellow, but really it should be in pink. God uses the experience of death to complete our sanctification. Sanctification is becoming more and more like Jesus. Well, for us to become more and more like Jesus, we have to go through that final phase because Jesus went through that final phase. And we looked at that verse at the beginning of our service here, Romans chapter 8 and verse 17. It says this, Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in His sufferings, which means His death, if we share in His sufferings in order that we also may share in His glory. If sanctification is becoming more like Christ since Jesus died, then we have to too. And then after death, the eternal inheritance promised by our adoption begins. 
and the last stage of our redemption process initiated by our conviction by the Holy Spirit ends with, and this is the final point of our message, and you're saying, thank goodness, glorification, glorification, glorification is the final step in the redemption process. We are delivered to glorification. Glorification includes our earthly bodies. Now listen to this carefully. Glorification includes our earthly bodies miraculously by God uniting with our heavenly souls which completes the redemption story begun in Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 2 and one, everything is perfect. Genesis chapter 3, mankind sins and blows it. God says in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, I got a plan. And that plan ultimately comes to fruition when we are glorified in our new heavenly bodies and souls. Revelation 21.7 says this, He who overcomes, or you could say the word perseveres, will inherit all this, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. That's a great verse. He who overcomes, or perseveres to the end, runs that marathon race, will inherit all this, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. As we walk, if we do, through the pearly gates. We can sing uh, the song. Change a little bit of it. But we can sing. Here I am. Jesus. Signed. Sealed. Delivered. I'm yours. That's going that's to be a good song. Here I am Jesus. Signed. Sealed. Delivered. I'm yours. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Lord, we do thank you for your word. It's, well, it's deep, but it's full and exciting to study. And yeah, when we invited Jesus into our life, we signed on the dotted line. And then when the Holy Spirit came and lived inside of us, lives inside of us, that's our guarantee of our inheritance. And then when we die, we are delivered to glory as the final step of our redemption. That's, that's the way it goes. And so Jesus, we are yours because we signed, we are sealed, and we are delivered. But we know from Scripture that if somebody has not signed, they are not sealed, and they will not be delivered to eternity with you and that's why the Bible says today is the day of salvation. And so if there's someone here that doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, today is the day that they should sign on that dotted line so that they can understand that they will be sealed, guaranteeing an eternal inheritance with our Lord, and then on that last day, that last breath, be delivered to glory as that final step. If there's someone here that has not made that commitment, today would be the day to do that. And you can do that by just inviting Jesus into your heart. Inside our bulletin is an explanation on how to become a Christian. You can take a peek at that. Lord, thank you for your, the time and your word. 
Thank you for being our teacher. And now, Lord, implant these things into our hearts. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Minnetrista Baptist Church is a community of Christ followers who value preaching and teaching scripture, biblical obedience, community, prayer, and evangelism. If you'd like to learn more about Minnetrista Baptist Church, please visit our website at minnetristachurch.org and come by for a Sunday morning service. We'd love to meet you.